Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. How do I say it again? Uh, Mark Salcedo, wait, Mark Salcedo, senior editor, writer, Gringy Dutt. That gave me so much anxiety. Did it really? I'm real sensitive to sounds right now. Okay. Let me, let me, let me take that back. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? My back hurts. Oh, I was going to ask you for some drugs too. Damn it. Naperson. I was going to ask you for some Naperson. Okay. Do you have any Naperson? These are the questions oh, you know I ask. I, I do. These are the questions I ask as um, I get older. Mm. You have any Naperson? You know, Tylenol? Backwards. You know, when we break between segments, I'll get, you, I'll get you some. Okay. I mean, we don't have to do it between segments. I can just do it while you're just talking, and nobody would know I'm, I'm leaving the mic. They won't the hear the squeaking <laughs> no. of the fucking cupboard. Like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hmm. You make those sounds, and it just makes me wonder what's trying to kill us this time. Is that what? You, did you get that? Did it? Oh, look at that! I set him up. You knock him down. Yeah, that's how it works. I know. Aren't they? I'm really good at knocking down because <laughs> hopes and dreams. <laughs> no, not R- Ruben. I'll be working, and Ruben will be like, he'll say something. And mm-hmm. I'll just come at him with something, and he starts laughing. He's like, nothing gets by you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're very observant of your surroundings. Yeah. I don't even have to see it. I just hear it. You, just hear it. you don't even hear it. You just feel it. It's, a, it's an air. Energy. Just, yeah. Just, you know, disturbance in the force and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was trying to think of the word I called ribbon earlier. <laughs> was that it <laughs> what did you what did you call him or you can't remember what you called him uh-uh i can't remember uh is it a person place or thing noun adjective human animal it was vegetable an adjective but adjective. i put his name as part of it so it's like harry bourbon <laughs> You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, Two E's and Real. Oh, yeah, and TikTok. Yeah, we're on TikTok now. Look at our old asses get on TikTok. I thought you hated that platform. I do. Why? It's for people who have... Okay, no, let me not say that. It's for people who have short attention attention span. Like, That's how I feel about Twitter. At least Twitter, you're like you, you're like more engaging. You have to like tweet at people or tweet, you know, have conversations with people and stuff like that. And it falls actually using your words and shit, as opposed to TikTok, where it's like, I'm gonna do a funny little dance, or here's my take on something that I know nothing about. Mostly, I just get annoyed at people saying, "Oh, this is my cute baby." Yeah, well, actually, it's TikTok as well, uh, Twitter as well. People who talk about things they don't know about. And no, just, Twitter's full of that. I don't yeah. like it because you can only write so much. Uh-huh. And everyone's an asshole. Yeah. And I'm like, why? What's the point of this platform? Nothing. Yeah, it's either be an asshole or just be an annoyance. Like, you might as well just go to fucking Reddit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reddit's, Reddit's a good read. Yeah. It's like, like 
Reddit is a longer form of Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I think Twitter takes a shorter attention span mm. because it's like scrolling yeah, and like shorts. characters or something like that. Yeah, but Reddit's like you can read a whole ass book. Yeah. Um. Anyway, before you so rudely interrupted me, <laughs> uh, you can email us at therealappeal uh, at gmail.com. Um, if you could please review our podcast anywhere you listen to us, we would like it. Even if you hate us, mm-hmm. we'll still like like the comment. Yeah, we'll we'll enjoy we'll enjoy every comment you give us. Yeah, I feel like my mic wasn't high enough. All right, you're good. <laughs> um, our segments for this show this week are a recent review of Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Our variety time is D and D kicks up a stir. Our geriatric cinematic, Willow, nineteen eighty eight. And uh, what's the turpic? Nobody puts baby in a dungeon. Mm. Except for Mark. I like putting babies in dungeons. That's where they belong. Mm. Mm. That's how... I mean, what's his name? Bane was um, Batman's greatest villain. Well, one of his greatest villains was put in a dungeon. You know? He he was part of the darkness. He was born in it. uh, Raised in it. You know, he didn't notice the... He didn't see the light until he was a young man. Back and then by then it was blinding, mm. as Bane says in Dark Knight Rises. Like that? Yeah, kind of. I might be, you know, I might embellish certain words. Mm. No, but he said blinding like that. Yeah, he's like blinding. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy was on a list of uh, underrated actors. Really? Mm-hmm. How is he underrated? That's what I wondered. He is a good actor. Nobody underrates him. I mean, like, you can't really be underrated if you're, like, in a big budget, like, comic book movie. Seriously. Um, And people have been wanting him to play Wolverine for, like, ever. Or, like, have him play, like, James Bond. He's been in some good stuff. Um, Then, also on the same list, I saw Jared Leto as overrated. I'm oh, like, yeah. Okay, he redeemed yourself. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Like, he should have not have won that Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. No. Um, I also uh-huh. was hoping to see um, Keanu Reeves on that list. Oh, shut up. <laughs> because I was like, I hope they're on, he's on here so I can know once and for all if he's overrated or underrated. And he, he wasn't on there, but Timothy Chalamet was, and I was sad. I think it's overrated, huh? Uh-huh. I like Timothy Chalamet. There's not a performance I've seen of his that I didn't like. But he's also not very old. Like, he's yeah. barely getting, like, these roles that are more serious and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like... I mean, what? he was really great in Saw, but... What? <laughs> <laughs> Jigsaw. Um, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, he's like, what, 12? Yeah. 11? Mm-hmm. 8 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting more cheekbones, so... No, he's getting less. Oh, less cheekbones? He's getting less because the big uh, cheekbones is mm. what I made him look like uh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw to yeah, me. Or the Jigsaw puppet, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's actually pretty funny. Um, uh, yeah, you sound like it's pretty funny. No, 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 because I, I had a thought for the banter section. I, 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 I was thinking we could talk about like 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Barbie, and Blue Beetle, those trailers. But I, I got so busy today that I completely forgot to send you those those I, trailers. I'm like, what the fuck is Blue Beetle? I never even heard of it. It's a... Kelsey, it's like a DC comic book. I mean, come on. Is it like the tick? In the, like, kind of? Like the tick and the ant and the flea and the blue beetle. They all get together. <laughs> I know. They all walk into a bar. <laughs> no, they buzz into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny? <laughs> so, like, oh. I'll, I'll, oh and the wasp. Don't and the wasp. The wasp. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll talk a little bit about these trailers. Um, so Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was, they had a new trailer dropped and it was so fucking good that I actually started crying. Um, because I've been a huge fan of like the Miles Morales character ever since uh, he was on the comic, ever since he showed up in Marvel. And I did enjoy him and, um, I liked him in the solo movie, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but I don't know, something about like Across the Universe really hit me a bit harder. I guess because he's like a lot older now. Um, like, I think he's supposed to be like in college at this time, or no, no, I take that back. No, he's in high school, maybe like in his senior year. But something about it was like maybe it was like the right track or something like that. But I looked at him, I was like, oh, this is like an Afro Latino kid. I'm Afro, I'm Afro Latino, and I was like, oh my god, that's me on the big screen. So I guess I got, <laughs> I got a bit teary eye. Mm. Um, teary eye. Teary eye. Okay. Teary eyed. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, uh ho. What was that? Uh ho. Teary eyed up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Kelsey almost like lost her headphones too. She leaned back so hard. You uh, walked right I know, right? I was like, quite <laughs> um, But I, I actually, I think I wanted you to watch the Barbie trailer specifically. <laughs> I have a feeling that I I want to hate that movie, but I'm probably gonna love it. It like I'm not. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't play with Barbies when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the appeal of Barbie, like the cultural cultural re- relevance of the the toy. Um, the trailer actually looks really good. Like yeah. you lead into how like obscure and like wacky, not wacky, but like how ridiculous the whole Barbie doll is mm-hmm. like i mean there's not there's not a spoiler or anything but like ryan Gosling plays ken mm-hmm. and then shamu lu plays ken <laughs> and then there's like multiple kens mm-hmm. and then there's multiple barbies like uh isa ray is a is a black barbie uh-huh. uh kate mckenna is like punk barbie but it's Do so they have stacy who's stacy Stacy was like her little sister or something. I don't know. They they but I gar- they need to have Stacy. They probably will. They probably will. But here's the thing. I saw that cuz because that movie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer they both come out on the same oh, day, right? Yeah, I know, right? And I <laughs> I looked at the Barbie train. I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of um Greta Gerwig's uh movies i i see like the appeal like i i dig what she's doing but the clearly the audience i mean clearly i'm not the target audience mm-hmm. for her movies but i saw the barbie trailer and i was like i think i kind of want to see that more than oppenheimer <laughs> <laughs> well we know how oppenheimer ends yeah i know right <laughs> okay like i don't like i don't know what i mean i don't know maybe because maybe because they both were selling like I mean, they were obviously like the trailers are selling like two different things, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's it's so it's so funny because they're so 
opposite. Like, mm-hmm. here's Barbie, here's the nuclear bomb, you know. The only thing is, I, I think I'll shoot myself if I hear that fucking Barbie song, though. Oh, by, uh, like, Aqua or something like mm-hmm. that? Um, I think, I think I read that, like, that song is not in the movie. Like, Thank God. All. That's, like, the best choice they could ever make. Yeah, yeah. So like, 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 everyone hates that, that <laughs> song. Uh, you, <laughs> Greta Gerwig's already, like, it's already gaining brownie points from you. Seriously. Like, don't put that. I can, I can imagine us like watching that movie and that song comes out and you just fucking just go on the screen like, yeah, and tear it down or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, the Barbie trailer. Oh, the Blue, the Blue Beetle trailer actually looks really good. Mm-hmm. There's one part that really got me hooked. Is the character the superhero blue beetle? He he like makes because he has like this, he has like this tech. It's called like a scarab, but it's like a live like tech kind of thing. Think of it like um, Tony Stark's uh, suit, Iron Man suit with like nanotech and stuff like that. Except it's like alive and more advanced, and like um, he can blue beetle can create any weapon that he wants. He can make like blasters out of his hands. Or it's like, almost like nanotech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at one point, like, he puts his, like, hands together and, like, creates, like, a broadsword from, like, Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, oh, shit! Because <laughs> I used to play that game growing up. Mm-hmm. So he pulled that sword out. I, it probably would have been better if he pulled out the sword from Berserk. Oh, yeah. I would have just, just right there. Mm. The fact that you know all the different swords says a lot. I, I mean, I, I know a few, you know, I know like the some from like Samurai Shampoo or like, is it Final Fantasy or Afro Samurai or like the, the sword from like Kill Bill or like other swords. Mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda sword, Finn sword from Adventure Time. Oh, I do know a lot of swords. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, all three trailers, they look good. I think you, I, whatever you watch them. I think you would totally like appreciate those trailers. You didn't say which franchise Blue Beetle was part oh, of. Oh, DC. Okay. Yeah, I I know I know. I mean, not just I know how you feel about DC, but DC is the old DC needs to die. I'm glad it's fucking dying. Like you know. Well, no, is this James Gunn or not? No, no, no. This was already put put in production way before James Gunn um, uh, became the became what the co my co owner. Co-CEO. There you go. Um, so who uh, who wrote it and directed it? I don't know. I actually don't know. I didn't even look it up. Because honestly, if it's not touched by James Gunn, I'm already over it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, here, let's look at it real quick. I don't quick. think I've had one thing of uh, DC that I've liked in a long-ass time. Angel Manuel Soto. Uh, done a lot of Spanish stuff. I... I the only thing that I know you did like from DC was the Suicide Squad. Yeah, because one. James Gunn did it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and also the show. Oh, uh, Peacemaker. Once again, James Gunn. Exactly. So um, any, I'm saying I don't like anything DC. You, you know the caveat is James Gunn. Yeah. Um, the director and writer never see any of their work. They, they've done a ton of like Spanish um like uh, Latin programs and stuff like that, but nothing I've ever heard of or seen. Okay, maybe it'll be okay then. Yeah, it, like the trailer looks decent, but you know I, I've been deceived before by DC. I, th- I believe we all have. 
Not me in a long time. Oh, yeah, you'll like, see through their bullshit. From the first Suicide Squad. Uh, everyone was really excited about that shit. Oh, yeah. The everyone one, was the very one directed excited. By David, the one directed by David Ayer. Yeah, and I remember you were excited about it. I was. And I was like, it looks bad. And you're like, I don't think so. I think it looks good. I'm like, okay. Then you watch it and you're like, fuck. Yeah, it was bad. I remember I was living um, at the house at that time. I remember. Oh, San Jacinto? I remember doing my laundry in the mm. house, talking to you about it. And? And I was right. Look, look, look. Yes, you were. <laughs> All right, that was bullshit. Let's get, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, now we are going to do our recent review of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. Truth be told, we help the wrong person steal the wrong thing. We didn't mean to unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. But we're gonna fix it. So how do we pull that off? Uh... Figure it out over a drink? Probably best. The synopsis is... A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic... But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Afoul. You know what? What? I hate the word adventurers. Adventurers? Adventurers. Because it sounds like you're saying adventurers. Adventurers. <laughs> yeah. I, well, okay. That like that makes it hard for me not to say adventurers. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like the dog whisperer? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, written by both of them as well, and also Michael Giglio. Stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, and Hugh Grant. Uh, so yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, we're going to go ha- go ahead and just come out and say that Kelsey and I have never played a game of D&D. Mm-mm. We are familiar with the property, but uh, I would have... I would say I know it exists, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even say I'm familiar with it. Okay. Because I don't know anything about it. It's it's basically uh, like an adventure adventure board game where it's like you and like, you know, whatever amount of friends. And there's like normally the dungeon master who's like, okay, we're going on... You're going on this adventure. You come across this bridge and there's a troll what do you do and then they have to like well what's the they have to ask questions like what level is the troll and then they have to like strategize and say it's like a almost like an uh, an rpg mm. a role-playing game but just like with the board mostly my impression of dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. is it's a made-up fucking it's like a make up the rules as you go game yeah kind of. that's like, the point of the dungeon master yeah <laughs> it's like no <laughs> um so, with that being said, uh, Kelsey, hmm. what did you think of this movie? 
I wanted to hate it so bad. Why'd you want to hate it? Because I thought it was going to be like a medieval like time period. Oh, like a sword and sorcerer kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be pretentious. I, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't necessarily hate sword and sorcery movies, but it's I'm just not a huge fan of them. I know, obviously, like, it's a separate genre that people are crazy about. Well, I don't hate them either, but I definitely mm. didn't want to watch something like that that was Dungeons & Dragons. Did you ever watch the Lord of the Rings movies? No. Oh, okay. I'm not a fan of those movies. They're way too fucking long. Yeah. Like, way too... Like, <laughs> they're, they're like, pushing two and a half hours, and there's the, the, the extended cuts, which are, like, 15 years or some <laughs> shit. Um, I don't hate, like... Sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want to see a Dungeons and Dragon one. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. It was really fun. Uh-huh. It was not like <laughs> you're like it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons because it was fun. <laughs> no, it was Dungeons and Dragons. It just wasn't pretentious. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, just sword and sorcery stuff. It had that uh-huh. a lot of it, but like, um, it's kind of, it's kind of to me like if um, what what's the the book? I'm gonna say. Lord of the Rings and okay. Percy. Oh, Percy Jackson. Yeah. They, oh, they, they mesh together. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So I will. Okay. So I'll add. I okay. So I'll add to that. I get the Lord of the Rings setting, but I think I think what you might be thinking is maybe the Percy Percy Jackson's like type of like dialogue and maybe like the humor and the pacing of and some the of the action. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> You didn't need to add to it because no, you know. I, I you know I was just clarifying clarifying it. Like uh-huh. people might have been like, "What?" Gotcha. Uh, you want to? You have anything else to add to it before I jump in? No, go ahead. Um, so yeah, I I didn't walk into the I didn't walk into this movie thinking like I was gonna hate it or like dislike it. I had heard about the reviews that it was like a really great movie to watch and like a blast. Um, so uh, I've seen some of the trailers. And I was like, okay, I can I can get behind this. Not too crazy about it, but let's just see what happens, you know. Um, yeah, and I totally I totally agree with you. This movie was like fun as fuck to watch. Um, what? Just thinking about that one scene. Oh, the fuck, 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 fuck. She was hilarious. Um, I will admit that like the first half of the movie is kind of slow. Um, they're doing like. If it, like they're doing a lot of world building for like people who don't who aren't familiar with the games, um, so that kind of like fucks with the pacing a little bit. But when they get into the second half, it like takes off, and yeah. it's like it. That's when like the fun really picks up, right? Um, I did like the choice of of like banter and quips that they used, and it wasn't like corny banter quips or anything like that. It's just like. And I think I have to give that up to the uh, to the actors. They were just able to like work with each other and bounce off of each other, and not be like stilted or anything like that. Mm. Um, I you- love how you were so confused about my Jason Bateman. I okay, it's I was. I think because like I'm watching the movie and listening to you, I'm like, wait, what? And and there there are times where you'll you'll make a comparison to something, and I'm just like, I don't see it. But you thought I actually meant that he was Jason Bateman, even though I said Chris Pine is like a great value Jason Bateman. Okay, but this is coming off a history of you confusing somebody for somebody completely different. 
Okay. So you get so you can I I would imagine you can understand it where I was like, wait, I believe that you were confused by this. <laughs> Even though I clearly said his name was Chris Pine. I didn't hear that part. I think I was still involved with the movie, which you should have been too instead of telling me that. <laughs> I know we almost missed the greatest part ever. Oh yeah, seriously. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Um, all right, so what what did what did you like about uh, this movie? I like how it opens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of annoying, a little a bit of annoying with the back and forth, but mm-hmm. I like the storytelling in the beginning and how it very quickly sets the tone for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. with a little bit of humor and a little bit of you know adventure. Um, and, um, and then overall, um, how you start to like pick these characters apart bit by bit and understand Mm -hmm. their motives and Mm -hmm. the kind of people or creatures that they are. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the fact that like they may, cause Chris, Chris Pine has like leading men, like demeanor, demeanor. Yeah. I was gonna say stank. But <laughs> he had like a whole leaning man kind of like personality and stuff like that. I mean, he played like Captain Kirk in like Star Trek, and he's he's been in a bunch of movies where he's like the star of the movie. Um, so I thought it was I thought it was actually pretty funny where in this movie he's not like a warrior or a swordsman or anything. He's just like a thief, and he carries around like a what's it called like a like a fiddle or some shit like that. Whatever that guitar he's playing. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Well. Maybe it's not called a f- uh, mini guitar. This is a mini guitar. Well, I was thinking fife, but the, I think that's more of a, like a little pipe. Um, because I'm so educated, I'm gonna look <laughs> up the word. F- I'm gonna look up what a fiddle is. Oh no, a fiddle is like a small violin. Psh, I'll show you. <laughs> All right, you look that up, and I will look up dungeon. Oh, I'm such an idiot. It's a fucking violin. It's a violin. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? A a fiddle is another word That's for what I violin. Said. Yeah. God damn, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> anyway. I wanna look up his um the his his uh his item. Yeah, pine instrument. Okay. Anyway, so um I'm very actually very Loot. Loot. Okay. Alright, alright, alright. So yeah, so like I said, he has like he's he is a leading man in this movie, but like it really leans into the idea that Chris Pine is uh, has this very like sarcastic, sarcastic humorous tone to like his dialogue and whatever, and, like a lot of stuff he says. Um, but I, I think it it's it's so funny because normally these type of movies it's like serious and stern and shit like that with a little bit of humor or there's like one comedy relief in it, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like all all if not most of the the people in this group they were um, uh, they all had like times where they were they had like a comedic moment shit like that which i believe and they all brought something different wait did you say the cast the name of the cast yeah okay i must have blanked that out okay <laughs> sorry 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 <laughs> um sophia lillis is that the um that's the one that was uh the one the, sh- the shapeshifter okay um i was happy to see her again yeah she was on that show that you really like um, the one about the girl who's a superhero. She has like superpowers, but it's it kicks in during puberty. That was her? Red Panda? Or was it called Red Panda? It was called something uh but anyway, go I'll look it up why you why you 
It wasn't called Red Panda, but it was a Red Panda. No, mm. she was in um, It Chapter 2. That's right. She was. She she was in It Chapter She played Beverly. Yeah. Well, um, otherwise, I'm, I, I recognize her face. I'm not okay with this. She played in I'm Not Okay With This? Yeah. That's a that's the Netflix show. Oh yeah, she did play that. Where she has like some type of superpower or like telekinesis or something like that, but it kicks in like when she had when she hits puberty. And then they never made any more of that show. They fucking canceled it. <laughs> it was a great show and Netflix canceled it. Oh I mean, it's Netflix go to Netflix. That was so about that show. Yeah. So what what about her character that, that or what about her that, that you liked? Just like everything I see her mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. But what in particularly in this one? Oh, um, I was just happy to see her. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, out of all the characters that of the group of good people, mm-hmm. um, I liked I liked hers the least. Really? Yeah, because she was <laughs> too um, too straight, like too almost like, like too straight man. Kind of almost snooty. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, but she wasn't like snooty to the point of being annoying, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. like in your face, I'm better than you. But she just okay. had a wall up, and I'm, I just couldn't really connect with her. Okay. Um, I can see that. I that didn't really have an I didn't really have an issue with that because her character is so cautious around humans and no, stuff. No, like I get that. that. I didn't yeah. have a, an issue with it either. Yeah. I just didn't like her as much as the other ones, if you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I still should think she's a great actress. No, <laughs> you know what? I'm seeing. I'm starting to find a pattern. What? Okay. I don't know why, but you're having a dislike for like pale white girls with red hair. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. The the uh, the actress from the whale. She didn't have red hair. Yeah. Yeah, she did. I thought her uh, hair was. Let me let me find the actress's name. Was brown. Uh, Sadie Seek? Sadie Sink? Uh-huh. Yeah, she's redhead. Pale skin, blue eyes. Mm-hmm. You just have this hatred for for them. What's the other movie? That she's in, or? No, the other movie that came after that, that I was like, oh, the one from Ant-Man. She was a brunette. Oh, um, Evangelili? No, the daughter. Oh, the daughter. <laughs> All right, so let me go ahead and, like, reshape my observation. Just... Skinny white girls. <laughs> sure. No, joking. Joking. I'm an anti-feminist. No. Oh, <laughs> rabble, 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 rabble. Um, okay, so since you didn't, you weren't a big fan of. Uh, okay, so you you weren't a big fan so of the character or the performance. The character. Okay. All right. Just want to clarify that. Yeah, like she's a. Mm-hmm. I know she's a great actress, and it's not that I wasn't a big fan. Like I, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I just, if I'm gonna. F- like, wasn't a huge fan of it. Yeah, like mm. kind of like a weakest link kind of thing. Like I can see that. She obviously had a reason to be there. She mm. wasn't like a throwaway character, which was good. Yeah. Like she had a purpose, but Yeah, I get you. Um definitely. I mean, but you need some of that. You can't have everyone be fun all the time. Yeah, you got to have a straight like I said, you got to have like a straight man um in that situation. Even like myself, Michelle Rodriguez was um having some funny moments uh Oh, actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. Michelle Rodriguez was the straight man um, with moments of being funny and shit like that. But also she had heart. Yeah, she had heart. I kind of feel like, um, what was the homegirl's name? Um, Sophia Lillis, who played Doric. Not that she was a wet blanket, but she kind of was. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. 
But like that's like I didn't really have a problem with it because there is like these three characters that are like not acting silly, but kind of like kind of um, barely getting by by the by the skin of their teeth and shit like that. And she's the one like you guys are just like fucking up. Like yeah. get your shit together, right? You know, and that that didn't really bother me too much. But like I said, like I'm not, and I don't mean to use like wet blanket as like a negative on her performance or the character, but just like just kind of give you an idea of like, okay, I can see why she was like she was like the Debbie Downer. There you go. She was a Debbie Downer, but she yeah. was also like the voice of reason. Yeah, there but, you go. Yeah, but most of the time, not all the time, but mm. most of the time, she brought the problems, not the solutions. Mm, okay, I can see that till towards that. the end. I can see that. Um, all right. So, which which one of them did you that you gravitated to? Um, Kelsey's thinking. Yeah, thinking. thinking. Well, I, while you're thinking, I'm gonna say that uh, Michelle Rodriguez was my favorite. I re- like. I, I just realized. I'm realized. I just realized. I'm a, I'm a Michelle Rodriguez fan. Mm. Like I like I like seeing her in in stuff. Like I really like seeing her because she has like this serious demeanor, but like not too serious. Where like she just kills the mood and shit like that. No, she has a serious demeanor in a way mm. that's like a warm hug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, she'll fucking protect you till she dies. Yeah, and there's even like a couple of good like action sequ- uh, set pieces that has her i mean obviously there's like a stunt double as well but like when you can't see her face she was she's doing like this amazing job mm-hmm. you know um i kind of i was thinking of like wow like those fast and furious days are like really paying off yeah um i think chris pine was mine really you mean jason ba- you mean great value jason bateman mm-hmm. okay why why was he your favorite um I just think he did a great job of holding all of the characters together. Mm-hmm. Like he was the glue, even yeah, though he was kind of that. crazy. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of a lot of growth, like a lot of moments where he was like, oh, "I got, I got to do this." Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this is wrong, but I still want to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I know this is wrong. Do I still want to do it? Like, mm-hmm. um, he just did a lot of learning along the way. Um. And a lot of relationship building. Oh, Chris Pine. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, I'm surprised that. Well, I'm not. I'm not surprised, but uh, you haven't brought up your boo, uh, Reggie Jean Page. We haven't got there yet. Well, I'm bringing it up now. I was telling Cameron about him. Okay. What is Cameron? Oh, because because Cameron has a. She's developed her her fascination with. Uh, I'm sorry, her love for the uh, tanner skin. Um, she was born with that, I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Because she was always attracted, even as a kid, like a two or three year old, like, like glue mm-hmm. to anyone we talked to who was like black or brown. Oh, okay. Like, I think her dad had like, um, he was a sergeant uh-huh. and he had someone under him who uh-huh. was a black guy and she's like, I'm going to marry him. We're going <laughs> to get married. And she was like three. <laughs> All right. Thinking about marriage. Yeah, but during our conversation this morning, she told me she thinks she's asexual, so. Really? She's like, I don't have a crush on anybody, and I just don't like the idea of it. Mm, all right. I mean, she feels she's asexual, so then she's probably asexual. I, I kind of feel like that she's, now this is not to like, this is not to like put down what she's feeling or anything like that, but because Cameron can be sometimes like flip it 
on like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like I remember at one point that she says that she was bi. Um, like she says she was straight, then she was bi. Now she's asexual. I think she's still kind of exploring. Who would she, like? Who she actually is? Yeah, who she actually. I mean, like she's, she's not that old anyway. Yeah. So. So yeah, she's a teenager. She's still in the discovery uh, phase. Well, she's probably scared of anything more than hold, hand holding. Oh, because yeah. well, she's just not old enough to think about it. Yeah, so. she, she's gonna be a virgin until so she's like forty. <laughs> Watch they make a movie about her. <laughs> well, they're. That's funny. <laughs> for, for me, I was like, well, they already did, but no, that's a guy. Let's do a girl. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, so you're a boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Jean uh, Page, mm-hmm. the love of your life. I never, ever, ever have a crush on people. Oh, yeah, you were flustered when that dude was on, no, on the screen. No, but you don't understand. He barely popped up on the screen. And I was uh, like, whoa, that guy is really fucking hot. And you're yeah. like, I know. <laughs> Seriously, and you never say anything like that at all. I think no, no, no. no. Like no, I know you have. Like, I'll make a comment if I think it, but uh, I've never jumped on it so quickly. Yeah, ever. I didn't even go. I never went through a a, like a boy crazy phase. Mm -hmm. Might have had like a handful of crushes, and like half of them were boys and half of them were girls, Mm -hmm. and I just didn't want to date anybody they finally caught up with you i don't think so but but like th- i don't know <laughs> that guy <laughs> i like that that guy mm-hmm. all right other than his good looks uh i did i did like his performance in the movie because he was like he kind of reminded me of of the dra- of drax from guardians of the galaxy because he wasn't, he didn't get like sarcasm. No, he got sarcasm, but he was like, sarcasm is like a knife that cuts both ways, or some shit like that. Um, or like, uh, he couldn't, like, he could understand a, I think it's called like a colloquial, how do you say? Colloquialism. Yeah, colloquialism. Yeah, he couldn't like understand that. But when he was on screen, he was a fucking badass. Like, a real badass. I don't think he was like Drax as much as he was more like. Uh... Maybe Gamora? But, like, not as angry? More I get stoic? Kind of. Mm-hmm. I want to say Vision. I can see that, yeah. Be- yeah, before he was, like, really got any kind of personality. Yeah. I'm more like Vision. Okay, I can see that. Um, Because he wasn't, like, Drax, Drax has, like, he has comedic timing, and mm-hmm. he's kind of silly. Uh-huh. And this guy's not silly. Okay. He's just it's just funny how he understands some things and not others. Gotcha. Um, okay, before we open the spoilers, um, quick thoughts on uh, the directing and the writing. Perfect. Uh, both of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you know that these are the same people behind um, Spider-Man Homecoming? Which one's that one? Uh, that's the one. Let me make sure. Let me make sure I got it correct. Um is that the first one? That's yeah, that's the first one. Okay. Um That was a good one. Yeah, that the first one that was a that was a good one indeed. Um both of them are actually uh part both of them have had a hand in cuz they're 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 uh team writers. Um So they're they're the Johns. <laughs> the Johns. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, like the Daniels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I'm actually always fascinated by John Francis Daly. Uh, his the fact that like this dude is like a successful writer and director, 
because I remember watching him on a Freaks and Geeks when he was like he played like a teenager in that in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever watch Bones? No. Okay, I felt like you watched Bones, but obviously not. It might have seen like an episode or two. Yeah. Um, okay, so my opinion on on both of the, the writing and the directing, yeah, it was fucking. It was really like fucking near great. perfect. Yeah, it was really great. There's like one particular scene, and we'll get into it in the spoiler section. But it's like a it's it plays out like a single take shot. Mm-hmm. And that was a great fucking shot. Yeah. Um, also, like, so one thing that this movie really does in t- in terms of the writing is that <clears throat> even though it's even though it's a drug and drug dungeon and dragons movie, or sorry, like yeah, dungeons and dragons movie, which you could say D and D, D and D, yeah, let's just say that <clears throat> a D and D movie, which has like a hardcore fan base. Um, this movie is very uh, accessible. To like people who don't play D and D games, mm-hmm. um, and I and I have to admire their directing and writing to be like, yeah, here's like some D and D references. Here's like, you'll get this, you'll get that, and then it's like, but like people who don't get it, that's okay. We'll like walk you through, it, but we won't like necessarily hold your hand tight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, I gotta give those guys kudos for like there, being able to do that. Okay, not only were they able to do that, but there was a lot going on yeah like a lot a lot yeah and they did not drop the ball yeah absolutely yeah like i feel like there was so much between like there were like multiple bad guys and like one of them was the real bad guy and one of them was like a false bad guy but like there were multiple bad guys and multiple battles like Mm -hmm. multiple plans and like yeah like it's it's essentially like a huge like series of like fetch quests and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um that for some people, that can be considered boring, especially on the big screen, but it totally worked in this movie. It did, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so you want to get into the spoiler section? Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, we're about hopping into the spoiler section. Uh, we're going to talk at great lengths uh, about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler lumber right about now. I told you. Maybe because I'm pressing it too much. I press it lightly. You don't hear it. But it doesn't also do anything. Well, that's because I turned it down all the way. Hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be like hearing the spoiler bumpers. Yeah, I think if you turn our volumes down before you press the button, then it will work. Why are you telling me how to run this show? I told you that last time. You didn't fucking listen. I just forgot. Anyway, spoiler section. All right. In the spoilers, everyone gets to find out our behind-the-scenes talk. Yeah, like I didn't totally, totally go, oh, God, I forgot to press the button. <laughs> anyway, okay, all right, all right, back to the movie. We've been doing a lot of... Um, side talks. Side talks, yeah. Um, cross-chatter. Yeah. So the um, the one, that single-take shot, where uh, the character Doric is being chased by the bad guys... And she's like constantly like shifting her body and like changing it into like different like animals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That shot was amazing. I really enjoyed that that whole scene. You did? Yeah. Why? Because <sighs> I'm a sucker for one take shots. E- oh. Even though it's not actually a one take because it's like CGI and everything like that, and they 
cut it to make it look like one take. I'm a, I'm a sucker whenever they do it the right way. I didn't really care. Why? Why? Why not? Why don't you like the same things I like? <laughs> I do. Okay. Why? Well, why? Why didn't you care? I'm not saying that you should have picked as the best scene in the movie, but why? Why did you not care for it? I didn't care for it because the bad guy, uh-huh. the witch, kept yeah. kept popping up. At parts where it was didn't make sense for her to pop up, mm-hmm. um, they did too many like she got away by the skin of her teeth here and here and here and here like mm-hmm. it just to me was almost like um, not as bad so don't take it that way but like Transformers mm-hmm. where it's like oh like this shit's thrown in your face and yeah kinda, um. I can see that. It wasn't nearly as bad, Uh, not even very close to it, but uh um, my brain just kind of checked out for a minute because I was like, they're just chasing her. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you're wrong. (laughs) No, (laughs) messy. Um, I do get what you're saying about uh, Sophina the Witch, her just kind of like popping up here and there. Mm -hmm. Like there was that one part where like, where like, like Dork is like, yeah, because she's trying to get away. She's just like going through these like nooks and crannies, stuff like that. She gets out of the window, like she even like uh, turns into like she's a rat. She's like falling out of the window as a rat, and she like transforms to like a hawk or something like that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like Sophina is like down there riding a horse, like auto, like just caught up with her within like five seconds or something yeah. like that. And I was for that, I was like, "What the fuck? That was weird." Yeah. <laughs> um. But one thing that like I did I did really like about it, and this they do this several times throughout the movie, is they had like set up the end of that like earlier in the, like the, when she turned into a deer, mm-hmm. like that was a joke they set up earlier in the movie, like how um, I don't remember if it was Michelle Rodriguez's or Chris Pine's character, but one of them kept mentioning about like oh we need her to turn into a deer to get into the castle or something like that, mm-hmm. and then. She like so then like a few scenes go by then there's the one take uh scene or sorry yeah continuous take scene and then at the end she turns into a deer I think it was Simon Simon just uh yeah oh Justin Smith mm-hmm. oh okay I think yeah I think that was, I feel like that no no I I know that was Michelle Rodriguez because when like when they like, she caught up or it was like cut to like you know hours later she was like she did turn into a deer. Like she it was, was like, her? yeah, because she was like, oh, she did turn. Like you can tell, she was like, yes, I got that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they um they set up like a number of like jokes, like and they they go on and they pay off like later in the movie, which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty hilarious. Yeah, um, I do have like one gripe with the movie. So there's the there's Chris Pine's wife. Mm-hmm. Who's played by Georgia Landers? Her her character's name is Zia. Mm-hmm. She's like, they make her the the what's it called? Oh, I forgot what the term is. But they 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 do nothing with with her. Like she doesn't really have any speaking. Like she doesn't. Have, it's not a speaking role. And it's like, oh, she died. Now this like puts like this makes the character go on the on the mission on the journey and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like tired of that fucking trope. Where it's like, oh yeah, dead wife, therefore now I have to go go on a mission. 
Mm-hmm. You know, plus, like I said, she didn't really like say anything at all. She was just like a pretty face, and plus, she was like a minority. She did say a few things, but it, hardly. Yeah, so I was just like, "All right, what the fine fuck it, let's go with this shit." So that was like, I think that's like maybe like my biggest gripe with the movie. I think it fits perfectly. Yeah, but like, did they have to like, like, did they have to do like the dead wife trope? Okay, but how else? Like that, the rest it sets up the rest of the movie. No, I know, but I'm, like creatively, they could have used like I'm not. I'm not saying I know how they could have set it up differently, but I think they could at least try to set it up differently. Okay. You don't. You don't get my frustration, do you? Mm-mm. All right. Okay. I, I think I. I kind of do, and I. I would in any. I guess modern take, like modern story. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. A mother dying was really common at that time. Like, if it's... You're talking about, like... Like, centuries ago? Yeah, but this is like a high fantasy... High high fantasy movie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm trying to... I'm trying to put into words what I mean. Mm. It's like... <clears throat> like, they have a daughter together. If the mother's stuck around... Mm. Then they never really would have lost their daughter... He wouldn't have any. Re- he would have just stayed with the whatever no, group no, it no. was. No, no, no. I, no, I, I get you. Logically speaking, like she's the one who puts the who puts the plot forward. Mm-hmm. I get that. What I'm saying is, I'm tired of seeing that a trope in movies where a dead wife pushed a plot forward. I know we. I know we recently had that conversation too, and it was yeah. before we saw this movie. Yeah, it's 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 called the girl in the fridge trope. Uh, the girl in the fridge trope, or woman in the refrigerator, is shorthand for a pre-existing sexist trope named after a 94, 94 Green Lantern comic, in which the hero returns home to find that his nemesis, Major Force, was murdered, has murdered his girlfriend, and stuffed her corpse, corpse in the fridge. Mm. And it's like, like, not like, like no nuance, no like character, not no character. Um, no character nuance within the 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 woman or anything like that. Like I get it, she was a mother. They had a kid, and about that, and like he loved her, and that's about all we know about her. Like a little bit, like if they could have at least had like a little bit more interaction with the wife, mm-hmm. at least get kind of get more of an idea of how much they cared about each other. Other than I took care of her, I was a, I was I did this job and everything, and her death is the reason why I'm dead. Uh, why, uh. Her death is the is the reason why I'm going forward, but I had a hand in her death. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like you could have like built up a little bit more than just making her like fodder for the plot. I get your frustration. Mm-hmm. I just think it's okay for this movie. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've got this banging music playing in the background. All right. Hopefully, it's not you know. Copyright it. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything else that you liked or didn't like of this movie? I would be happy if I've not. If I never see a Hugh Grant in the uh, if if I never see Hugh Grant in another movie, I'd be pretty happy. Okay. So what's what's your gripe with Hugh Grant in, in this movie? In this movie, yeah. Um, he plays the same character usually throughout all of his films. Either like he's this, a bumbling idiot of a yeah. good guy or a bumbling idiot of a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like when the movie when the movie started and he's in there, I'm like, I'm not 
I don't think he's a good fit because he does that same thing. You're right. He does that same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And even though I felt like the movie called for, obviously the movie called for like more modern dialogue than like, oh, Hither and Way and all that kind of stuff. He was like, it was pretty annoying. Like seeing him do like the same shtick this over and over in this movie. Like, I get it. You're bumbling. You're a bad guy. All right, we got it. Not only that, but his character is supposed to be like the adventuring type in a way. Mm-hmm. Or at least like sh- like strategy-wise, he's supposed to be smart. No, he's not supposed to be no, smart. No, no, like, no, like, no, no, like, oh, actually, I take that back. Never mind. I think he's supposed to be the adventuring type, but not mm-hmm. in the way that Chris Pine's character is. Mm-hmm. He's adventuring in the type that he'll do whatever it takes to get the next quick buck. Uh-huh. And that means a lot of running and a lot of scheming and a lot of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I just don't see Hugh Grant as fitting a character like that. Oh, okay, I got you. Because he can be a bumbling idiot, mm-hmm. and not. And I've never seen him really the adventuring type. Oh, okay. In any movie, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. What would you think if they now? What would you think if they got uh, the brother from the mummy as the bad guy? The brother from the mummy? Yeah. Um, let me let me pull the dude's name. Uh, Rachel Rice's brother. Oh. In the movie. Uh, let me put up the actor's name. I know. John Hanna, who played Jonathan uh, Carahan. <laughs> Those names are so similar. I know. Um, I think that would have fit. Yeah. Yeah, because like you could have, because you could have still got the bumbling idiot kind of, th- or the bumbling type person. But like I don't know, maybe because like he play- he was in like three mummy movies, mm-hmm. um, that you could have seen like the adventurer. It just seems know. to me it feels like um, Hugh Grant is just a walking Shakespeare play. Yes, but he play the Joker in every one of them. Yes, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, he's just too proper to be in an adventurer movie. I can see that. I can see that. Um, okay, so all in all, do you think people should check this movie out? Yes. Did we talk enough about um, the guy? Which guy? That guy. The one we already talked about. Uh, Wait, which guy? My crush. Oh, <laughs> you want to talk more about him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, actually, before we, before we talk more about your, your boo... Because um, we alluded to it in the non-spoiler section. What was the one scene that was so fucking hilarious that we were laughing? <laughs> they were going to make a distraction. Uh, the, the heroes. The, yeah. yeah, the heroes were going to make a distraction. Uh-huh. So they send Chris Pine out into the like entryway, basically, or like where everyone could see him. Mm-hmm. And he's playing his, um, his lute. Mm-hmm. And he's singing and everyone's looking at him like, what the fuck? Yeah, and not only that, he's like dancing and hopping around. He's like, oh, da, 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 like all that shit. Yeah, and then he just starts kind of glitching <laughs> and like, like melting. And then his face has like this bug-eyed look on it, and his yeah. face is like melting into his <laughs> neck, like it's going down into his neck cavity. And and, and then he, he he was like making it sound like like yeah. slow motion talking. And then I think he was going to say fuck, but I think it went like that. And he's like, I think they're on to us. 
yeah, Kelsey and I saw that scene. And we're just laughing. And even though like the scene ended and we're like more into the third act, we're still like chuckling and just because we were thinking about it and mm-hmm. shit. So that was like the like there were plenty of times where like the the movie warranted like a uh, a good laugh. This one was like holy shit! Like this is fucking killing me. It's so funny. I think I think I can see you already into the future watching this clip every once in a while, like you do the sausage and mushroom pizza. Yeah, I just start laughing. Yeah, or whenever I think <laughs> of pocket. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk about your boo uh, one more time before we uh, before we move on. Um, I don't think I ever got your opinion of him. Um, like in in, in this role. Uh huh. Um, I do like the fact that he was stoic. Um, also, like you said, he was more of um vision, like a vision type mm-hmm. character. Um, I really enjoyed his action his action scenes. Mm-hmm. Like he like. Like he his the way how he was the way how his character was, his character could have like, like saved the whole saved the day like on his own and shit like that because he was so badass. Like there's that scene where he's he gets in a he gets in a fight with uh, the witch's like henchman and shit like that, and mm-hmm. it's like this badass like this like this badass like cut of like him doing these moves and taking these people out and shit like that. Um, so I thought that was pretty dope. Um, but like like I think the one scene that that really got me. Uh, I didn't like laugh out loud, but I thought it was pretty funny. Was when he like said bye to the group, and he was like walking, and Chris Pine was like, "Look at him! He just walks in a straight line. Is he gonna go around that rock? Nope. He goes over it, and he's just still walking. And then as they're talking, you can see him in the background, like still just walking. Like they <laughs> like they held on to that joke. I honestly thought he was gonna say, "I can hear you." Oh yeah, <laughs> like when they were in the, I think it was in the cave or something. Yeah, and he he heard him. Yeah. Um. Another scene that got me really laughing my ass off is the graveyard scene. Oh, yeah. Where they're talking to the corpse and stuff like that, and they're asking the five questions. Uh, Apparently, that's, like, an actual thing in, like, Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yeah? Where, like, uh, someone would, like, ask a dungeon master or whoever he's got to, like, or whoever they got to, like, um, for questions they need to answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And the people, like, people who play this game, it's just like, stop asking, like, yes or no questions. Like, ask some detailed questions or some shit like Mm -hmm. that. Um, so I thought that was actually really hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So you said people should check it out. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with, with that. People should definitely check this movie out. Um, and like, don't, don't let the whole D and D thing like sway you uh, away from it. I immediately came home and I was, as soon as we left the theater, mm-hmm. Cameron needs to watch this movie. Oh yeah. I think she'd like it. Yeah. And Cadence would be like, yeah, it's all right. I think Cadence would like it too, but I'm like, I only have one free ticket. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I want to spend another fourteen fifty on another ticket. Yeah, 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 exactly. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got next? Next, we're gonna do our variety time. All right. You know what time it is. It's time to do. The variety of the time. The variety. Oh, get my mic up. There you go. The variety of the time. Mm-hmm. That is variety time. All right, folks. So, since we are talking about Dungeon Dungeon and Dragons, um, I found 
Have you ever heard of the uh, Satanic Panic? Yes. Okay. So I found this article uh, from Dicebreaker uh, called uh, How Dungeons and Dragons Became a Part of 1980s Satanic Panic. Uh, This is written by Olivia Kennedy. This came out like last year uh, in June. So I'm going to go into some detail what the Satanic Panic was and how D&D was connected to it. Uh, So the article... Uh, reads, uh, it's very likely that you've heard about the satanic panic uh, of the 80s, a movement driven by the fear that ordinary people were being lured into devil-worshipping cults. However, you may not have known about its connection to one of the most popular tabletop role-playing games in the world, Dungeons & Dragons. The moral panic that gripped the U.S. and even parts of the U.K. during during the 80s was sparked by more than uh, just religious conviction and a lingering suspicion that uh, can be traced all the way back to the Salem Witch Trials. Um, the glamorous, glamorization? glamorization glamorization, of serial killers, the fear of your own neighbors, and the uh, eruption of conspiracy theories throughout the late 70s and 80s, early 80s, are uh, integral to how fantasy role-playing game was painted as a nefarious gateway to the cult, tainting the minds of young people. This sounds... Like, it has never stopped. Yeah. Like, people swear up and down, like, video games uh, creates violence. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the article continues. One of the most important things to remember when looking into the satanic panic of the 80s is that it didn't just appear out of nowhere. There were several instigators to the movement, namely the influx of uh, appreh- apprehended serial killers and how the media reported the news to the general public. So one of, one of the... One of the um, Infamous serial killings is the Manson family. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, obviously that's kicking up a, a shitstorm of people just panicking and all that stuff. Um, they had, <clears throat> sorry, uh, they're well known for murdering uh, actress Sharon Tate in brutal fashion. Um, so this set the scene for uh, the disrupted America that was wasn't able to see itself as a wholesome anymore. When the 1970s arrived, so did a slew of new serial killers who were infamous for either blending into the shadows or blending amongst the crowd. Examples like the Zodiac Killer, uh, 70s was like Ted Bundy, um, others included John Wayne Gacy, Son of Sam, and over the UK there was the Yorkshire Ripper. I've seen that name before multiple times, but I've never actually investigated. Like, all these names... Uh, like I said, John Wayne Gacy, Son of Sam, Zodiac Killer, Ted Bundy. Like, I've read up on these on these serial killers, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. But the Yorkshire Ripper, I, maybe because it's not American enough. Maybe. That I was like, eh, whatever. The UK got their own problems. Well, because they also have Jack the Ripper. So, like, what's the difference? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. they've also had a lot of, like, copycat rippers. Mm-hmm. So, it's all just one one big circle of British serial killing. Yeah. Like, they have one. <laughs> probably the Yorkshire Ripper is probably like the UK version of like the Zodiac Killer. Probably. Um, so the article continues. It wasn't only the press who was uh, exacerbating um, this issue. In 1969, the same year as the Mansion Killings, the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey was published. Now, the book was heavily derived from other sources. It became a, an important work of the Church of Satan. This book, a lot of... Like, it's it's so funny because like, do you know do you know the rule like, the commandments of the Satanic Bible? No, they're they're actually reasonable. Like it's pretty much like don't tread, like don't do don't do to me as you would do unto others. Don't 
covet my neighbor's wife. Like it's like some some like really like sensible stuff that seems more. It makes more sense than some of the like the commandments in the Bible. Well, don't covet thy neighbor's wife is the tenth commandment. No, no, no. I know that. I know that. But it's a bit more like nuanced into it. Um. Uh, let me see. Let me find it real quick. I I did hear that like Satanists aren't actually bad people. The the ones who are like the real ones. Yeah. Uh. Let me see. Okay. Uh, Satanic Temples Protest, Ten Commandments, okay. Uh, I can't find Sorrow of the Ten Commandments. I can't find the, uh... Let me see. What are you calling it? I call it the Satanic com- Ten Commandments, but that's not it. Oh. Um, I thought you said the Satanic Table of Contents. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, let me see. Well, um, I, I have to look it up, up. You know, Kelsey, if you can look it up, that'd be great while I read... Um, this song. All right. <clears throat> so the article continues. Though the book was heavily deri- derived from other sources, it became very important work for the Church of Satan. Hold on. There are seven fundamental tenets. There you go. That's what they're called. Seven fundamental tenets. Can you, can you read those? Uh, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. So- sounds reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Mm, that's a little bit of like vigilanteism, but okay, uh-huh. all, right, all right, all right. One's body is inviolable, uh, mm. enviable. I don't know. Subject to one's own will alone. Oh, like oh, inviolable, like um, like 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 this. Is my body, my personal space, kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Okay, see, reasonable, reasonable. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of other another is to forego one's own. Okay, so pretty much like if, if you, you fuck stay with, in your lane, I'll stay in mine. So, you come into my lane, then mm, I'm going to fuck you up. Totally reasonable. Um, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Something that the Christ, that the people of the Christian faith are like, no. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. So pretty much like if you fucked up somebody, like, go make amends, go apologize. Like, and, like, make, and try to fix it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which, which, which number is that? Six. Okay, so out of six so far, one is like, and that's the vigilante one. Yeah. Okay. The last one is, every tenant is a guiding principle dis- designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Six out of seven. Bangers. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- like, what is, like, what is wrong with that? And this is from, what's, what's it called again? Uh, seven Fundamental Tenets. Of the, of the what, the sat- satanic church, right? Mm-hmm reasonable reasonable all right back to the article uh (laughs) though the church of Satan was established by levey uh himself in 1966 the existence of the official biblical text tied to satanism uh, satanism had changed things uh so the impact of the book um uh the impact of both 
the book and the film The Exorcist in 1971 and 1973 had happened. Okay, so the public, so when this happened, this really kicked this once again started kicking up a storm. The public believed that demons were in fact real, and this kind of goes based off of your religious beliefs and everything, all because the film warned um, audiences that it was based on a true story. Now, I've done plenty of research in like The Exorcist book and like the history of it. There is some validity to it, but not to this extreme uh, of, of the book and the movie. Uh, this frankly fa- fantastic marketing tactic, tactic coupled with audience members trying to, uh, crying and fainting with Wilts watching the film version resulted in enormous success for The Exorcist. Also, that tactic's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Another case in point that did it before, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Psycho. Exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most infamous instances of people making accusations accusations of satanic rituals was a memoir titled Michelle Remembers, published in 1980. Um, the premise of the book was that the co-author, uh, Lawrence uh, Pazder, was a psychologist per- uh, perpetrated uh, to be uncovering repressed memories of his wife, Michelle Smith via hip- hypnosis. Though the memoir was debunked almost as soon as it was released, nevertheless, thanks to the press, the book became a widespread phenomenon, leading to Patzer being seen as an expert on the subject. Subject. Uh, so another sub, another instance was oh, Ken. The word was purported. Purported. Thank you, Ken Lanning, who formerly worked uh, for the FBI, said the evidence wasn't there, but the allegations of satanic ritual abuse was never really never really went away. When people get emotionally involved in an issue, common sense and reason go out the window. People believe what they want, what they want and need to believe. Sounds like something that never fucking went away. Yeah, some would say it's worse now. Yeah, though the investigations in the '80s were not backed up by hard evidence, they ended up sending at least 26 people to jail, and one man served 20 years of a 40-year sentence that was eventually overturned. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but there's like a four-part doc, four documentary that covers that subject and how um, D&D and the sat- satanic panic had a hand in like these people going to jail for like years. Uh, the combination of fear-mongering... Oh, I gotta get rid of this thing right now. Okay. The combination of fear-mongering, st- uh, stranger danger, and more were all factors in the uh, persecution of the now widely popular Dungeons and Dragons role-playing game. In 79, 1979, 16-year-old James Dallas uh, Egbert III was discovered to be missing from his dorm at Michigan State University. A private investigator hired by his parents believed that, that not only was he it was due to foul play, but it was also due to the history of playing D&D. All right, like right there. Investigation is like, what? You know, but of course the parents are like, that makes sense. You know, satanic panic and shit like that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... Eber was suffering from like mental issues, drug addiction, and resulted in taking refugee. Resulted in him in taking refugee in utility tunnels underneath the school. Uh, he ultimately took his own life in 1980, um, and and many still believe that the cause of his untimely death was D and D. A lot of people use this hype to make uh, to market themselves for their work. Uh, Arthur Ronan Jeff. Um, wrote a book called Mazes and Monsters based on what happened to Egbert. Now, they turned this into a movie starring Tom Hanks. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? A young Tom Hanks. Um, so the detective that was hired to look for the guy, William Deere, um, he also had played in hand in like 
twisting the whole D&D narrative and stuff like that. And he wrote a book in 1984. Um, TSR then published uh, D&D, even saw a rise in sales uh, following the release of Egbert's uh, Egbert's story. T- uh, TSR is like the company that built like D&D and stuff like that. Um, however, the real first campaign against D&D started with Patricia Pulley. Uh, Irving Lee Poling was a high school student who had trouble fitting in the school and took his own life. So the mother was like convinced that her son was her son's death was caused by D and D, right? So she pursued uh, she pursued closure and tried suing TSR, TSR and the son's principal, uh, who who had supposedly who had placed a curse upon this player character that she believed to be real. Mm-hmm. She put it together a campaign called <laughs> I like this bad. Sounds <laughs> bad. No, no, but I just like this 2D, so it's bad. Like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh which bad, which stands for uh bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, bothered about yeah, it. Yeah. Not yeah. mothers against drunk driving. Yeah, exactly. Which is mad at it. <laughs> After claims were dismissed by the court. So Bad was put uh, was put together had put together a media campaign against D and D. Conservative Christian outlets were like, "Yes, you know." They appeared on sixty minutes, uh, to, you know, to discuss their view with uh, Gary Gax, one of Guy Gax, one of the original creators of D and D. Man, this fucking this is one time I hate Grammarly. All right, so TSR went on. Went so far as to hire psychologist Joyce Brothers to defend like D and D in public, right? Letting people know that the whole point of D and D was to, was that good was meant to triumph over evil. Like, like that's the point of D and D. You triumph over evil. You go on this adventure. You meet new friends. Like, like there are stories I've heard of people playing D and D and like bonding, becoming like lifelong lifelong partners and friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And here's this here's this bad to do group. Like, no. It's evil, you know. Um, so a lot of concerns of D and D focus on the idea that it was able to influence young people, you know, and unable for them to discern between like fantasy and reality. Uh, religious figures like uh, liken D and D to demon worship due to his exclusion of God in the game. If God's not in it, it's Satan. No, that's so due to the inclusion. Oh, include of God's. God's. Oh yeah, include. All right. If it's not, if it's not Jesus, it's evil. Yeah. Oh my God, man! Christian people <clears throat> never let me down. Uh, it was even said that if your character died in the game, <laughs> your the player was supposedly like driven to suicide, uh, which was most likely born around uh, Egbert and Irvin Lee's uh, passing. Uh, so D and D was growing in popularity. Um, a lot of kids were playing it, uh, and Separately, like there was some tragedy that did happen. Um, Mary Toya Toy was Toy. Mur- Toy, thank you, was murdered by two boys in 1984. Also, happened to play D and D. Ron Addox and Darren uh, Molitor. Molitor even tried to blame D and D for his action, complaining that he should have been allowed to include the RPG as part of a of his defense along his conviction. So, right there, using excuses, people doing these murders are like D and D made me do it. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Um, uh, he claimed that D&D had taught him to play mind games that he had planned to use on Mary. Uh, Molitor also claimed that playing D&D would accustom him to violence and lure him away from God. 
Okay. Oh my god. So an eighty-eight D and D player, uh, Chris Pitchard, uh, Pitchard. Pritchard, thank you, conspired to murder his stepfather and his mother over inheritance money, inheritance money, though his mother survived the attack, his stepfather had died. Uh, Leith von Stein was, he was killed. He sounds like a villain. I know, Leith von Stein. Uh, so Pritchard. Pritchard. Pritchard, thank you. Fellow D&D parties, Jane Barlett Upchurch Third. holy shit. Ger- <laughs> Gerald Neil Henderson. These are white people mm-hmm. uh, were convicted of aiding and abetting the murder. Uh, moral panic surrounding the D&D uh, have, may have been rife in the 1980s in the 1980s, but it doesn't mean it's completely un, unheard of now. In 2004, inmates of Wapun <laughs> Correctional Facility in Wisconsin had their books and characters sheets taken from them because officials thought D&D would promote a gang violence. Okay. Like, what the fuck? I mean, if you're playing it wrong. And now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Ron Howard's Willow. It was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. We gotta give that baby to somebody. I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels. What goes on here? Uh oh. And a time of rebels. This film came out in 1988, and the synopsis is a young farmer is chosen to undertake a perilous journey in order to protect a special baby from an evil queen. Directed by Ron Howard, written by Bob Dolman. It stars Val Kilmer, uh, Joanne Wally, Warwick Davis, Jean Marsh, and Patricia Hayes. Uh, <clears throat> so, Willow. Willow. Uh, I saw this movie as a kid, but I didn't remember a lot. And after rewatching it, I remember why I didn't remember a lot of this movie. Mm. Um, some of this shit is kind of like traumatizing. <sighs> like some of the uh, set pieces of the creatures or even like certain scenes. is kind of like, ugh, like they're kind of like unsettling uh, to, I imagine it very unsettling to see um, as a child, uh, which is <laughs> still feel kind of unsettling while watching it as, a, as an adult. I honestly think this is the movie that made me feel unsettled because mm-hmm. even throughout the years, I sometimes see a baby floating down a river mm-hmm. and I think it was this movie. This is the one that started it? I think so. Mm-hmm. And then there are some things that I'm like, oh, I remember that. But like, it would be like here or there, like if I wasn't watching the movie. The, the, the whole baby going down the river, it's a very biblical um, tale. Uh, I think it's from I think it's Moses. Mm. Um, 
I believe it's like the beginning of like Moses' story. Um, of course, it's the one time my internet's taken, the laptop's taken fucking forever. But anyway, anyway. So, um, as per usual, no one gives a flat fuck what I think about uh, in terms of my. Yes, baby Moses. Haha. <laughs> anyway, no one gives a fuck about my opinion. Uh, the thing that the thing that matters the most is uh, what did Kelsey think about it. I like this movie. Why did you like it? Um, I like the adventure. I like that adventure river. No, just the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, and I don't know if this is going to be correct or not, mm-hmm. but I like. Um, do you have the guy's name? Oh, well, duh. Warwick <laughs> Davis. I like mm-hmm. how him and his people, like, they're all little people. And, mm-hmm. they, and they're they not, like, a sideshow. They're just oh, yeah. actually a part of the story. Yeah, they're not like, uh, like the little people from uh, Wizard of Oz, where they're seen as, like, comical or, like, evil or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um... I I don't think Warwick Davis was a great actor. But mm-hmm. um but he was really young. I could mm-hmm. tell he was actually like in real life kind of young. Yeah, from what I read he was 17 mm-hmm. when he made this movie. And so I th- I feel like that kind of lent to the the naivety. Okay, of, that makes sense. Of yeah. the character. Yeah, that makes sense. So even though his acting wasn't great, it still rang kind of true. Yeah, yeah, it matches well. Like it, like because this character, the Willow character, very comes off and like a fish out of water type deal. You know, the world's bigger than he thinks it is, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like it's it's very much like uh, like I like one of the things I really like about this movie is that it has really I think it has really great character development. Uh, like Warwick Davis's character or Val Kilmer's character, like when we meet Val Kilmer's character, who who's Matt Morgan, um, I think it's Matt Mordigan. Um Mardigan. Mardigan, thank you, Matt Mordigan. I was saying Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. There you go. Yeah. Um, he's like a dude who's like stuck in a crow's cage. Like he's obviously like dirty and filthy and like conniving and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, even like the part where like. Willow's like, all right, take care of this baby and make sure, like, she reaches her destination. And next time you see this baby, like, a hawk, like, was carrying her and shit like that. Which you can tell, like, you got a sense that, like, Mad Mardigan was like, eh, fuck this baby or, like, whatever. Yeah. But as the movie progresses, he, like, really shows off of, like, why he's, like, a great warrior and a hero and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even, like, even the character of uh, Jonah Wiley. Joanna Wally. Joanne Wally. Yeah, Joanne Wally, uh, who plays uh, Sorsa. Did I say it? Sorsha. Sorsha, thank you. Um, even like her whole character arc and turn, I thought I felt like it was well deserved. Yeah, I do too. Mm. Um, actually, she's one of my favorite characters. Oh, okay. I think I have a crush on her too. Oh my god, you're just crushing on all these <laughs> high fantasy <laughs> actors and actresses and shit. Um. I just felt like she looked fucking familiar. Like, I've seen her and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember where. And I went through the list, and I'm like, I don't know any of this shit. Okay. Um, Maybe she has, like, a familiar face or something. Maybe. Um, I really liked how this character was very much a badass from the beginning. 
and uh, no one. It seemed like no one could get in her way. No one could defeat her. Yeah. Um, and like even her own mother didn't take her seriously. Yeah, she was trying to like earn the respect of her mom, um, who was just evil as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why she's your favorite character. With a shut up about that. <laughs> Hell no. You know what? That that was another thing. Seeing her, especially like in the third act where she's trying to like cast a spell and stuff like that, and she's she's like getting more. She's aging. She's aging, but looking more like evil, like every minute. Mm-hmm. I remember that traumatizing the fuck out of me. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is a Ron Howard directed film. Uh, what did you think of this this veteran director tackling this this movie? I think he did a decent job. I don't think mm. there was very much um, to cross the road over for the directing. Like, there's nothing special about it. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was good. Yeah, I mean, if... if I mean, to be honest, like, I'm not a huge fan of Ron Howard's work. Mm-hmm. I've seen, like, a number of his films, but nothing really, like, stuck with me. Like, oh, yeah, this is, like... A great piece of cinema and stuff like that. He does do drama well when like conveying the right emotions for the actors, but nothing ever like wows me when it comes to his directing. Hmm. You know what's <laughs> like, funny? Hmm. Do you remember the part, the time when uh, near the beginning, I was like, he looks really familiar. Hmm. But I know I've seen him somewhere, and you're like, that's Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's it's Iceman. He said it's Iceman. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he's also one of your favorite Batman. Batman. Sure. Uh, okay, so let me, here. So let me find. I want to go through like Ron Howard's. Oh man, this thing is so horrible. His um. um okay, there we go. His 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 filmography. Um. I'm looking at it. Ooh, he did that. So I forgot he did solo Star Wars movie. Ooh boy. Uh, so far none of his movies. Oh, he did Frost Nixon. Okay, I haven't seen that, but I heard it's decent. Oh, he did your favorite movie. How hmm. oh, the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which one? That's the one with Jim Carrey. Yeah, I love that movie. Oh my god. I I, like I actually do. That cracked me up as a kid. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, backdraft not too bad. Oh, I remember Cocoon fucking me up too. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his work. I'm not a fan of his work. <laughs> not a fan of his work. I think the best directing ever mm-hmm. that he did in this movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think I'm gonna say? Oh, the <laughs> when they're going down in the snow. Um, the horses. Oh, <sighs> so here's okay, so here's a little backstory. If you guys aren't following us on Twitter, Kelsey and I are watching this movie as per usual. And there's a horse, there's like, a, like what, six horses and a bunch of like, like people riding these horses and stuff. Yeah, they're like running, like they're trying to get somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And there's like dog barking. There's dogs barking. And I'm like, where are the dogs? They're like not, they're not in the shot. Like, where are they? And what did you say? The horses are barking. <sighs> and it was so ridiculous. That I just laughed my ass off. And I was like, God, I have fucking Kelsey. Shit. 
Um, well, they're supposedly they were like hunting dogs or something that were supposed to be in the shop, but they just put the audio and yeah, there was nothing. Yeah, exactly. It was just the horses, and it wasn't like a quick shot. Like the like the camera was following following the horse riders for like maybe like 10, 15 seconds or something like that. And yeah, there was like no dogs, but there's barking. <laughs> okay, from the horses. Um, all right, so. The only thing that I actually have to give Ron Howard credit for in this movie is that scene. Oh my God, this movie's so. Tr- I'm just like reliving this movie. That scene where like Willow uses that wand to turn one of like the weird ape like creatures into like a giant brain with like stuff popping out of it. Uh huh. Which looks fucking disgusting. It, it like kicked up my, my tryptophobia. Mm hmm. Um, and then like Willow kicks it into the into the into like um what's it called? Like, like the a moat? Yeah, moat into the moat. And then like this two headed like fucking creature, like almost like a hydra creature, like pops up. And it's like eating people and shit like that. And it's like used like stop motion animation to like get it to look a certain way. That's the scene I remember watching as a kid and was like, nope, fuck this movie. Mm. And re-watching it as an adult, I'm kind of like, fuck this movie. Because <laughs> it just <laughs> looks so horrifying. Really? Yeah. And like, maybe, maybe because I'm like reliving the trauma of watching or something like that. Um, but yeah, this movie is like, what is this? It's a, it's a PG movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would show it to my kids. That's true. You just show them like that Riccio movie. The story of Riccio. <laughs> yeah. That is very, that's very true. But they were both kind of like, I don't know how to feel about this. Because Cameron's like, that's a lot of blood. And she has a thing about blood. Mm-hmm. And Cam- and Cadence was like, this is great. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, you sh- we've shown Cadence uh, the fly. Fucking Child's Play. Child's Play. Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. She's like, I like these movies. <laughs> her for like a minute, her and I were watching some of the Halloween movies together. She's like, I like these movies. Mm-hmm. Oh God, she's, <laughs> she's gonna turn into that girl who like is all into horror films and stuff like that. Yep. Use them for like warm milk to go to bed. <laughs> um, what's you, so? What's your opinion on Ron Howard's uh, directing? Oh, you asked me that already. Oh, did I? Okay, well, I'm my my apologies. Okay, well, with that, um, what do you think about the writing? Uh. I feel like the writing is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I it's kind of like a a Snow White story. Yeah, like a twisted version of it. Like if, yeah, with Snow White in there too a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a baby Snow White. Or like I I think I I was assuming that's what you're referring to, to the baby. Well, the baby, yeah. The baby, but also like um, you know, the little people. And yeah, like got, the, like the seven dwarf, like the the dwarves community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got, um, then you've got the um, they came across that one place that was supposed to help them with a big army, but it had a curse on it. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's Sleeping right. Beauty. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, you can see. You can say that. Uh, what's her name? Jean Marsh, who played Queen uh, Bav Morda. Was like the um, the evil queen, the evil queen from from uh, Snow White. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Yeah, um, yeah. So this story is from this. This story is by uh, the, the story of this movie is by George Lucas, mm-hmm. and George Lucas tends to take bits and pieces of like famous literature or like 
relevance and then like imp- like and implement them into his stories, like how Star Wars, like the Re- the rebels or like the Viet Cong and stuff like that, and like how I had mentioned the part where the baby's going down the river. It's a very like biblical Moses story. Mm-hmm. So you can you can picture him going like I'm gonna take a little bit of this from like Disney and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Uh, we could have done without the brownies. Yeah, those little creatures and shit, those little men. Mm-hmm. I know they were supposed to be the comedy relief, but man, they were annoying as fuck. Yeah. They like added nothing but like, oh, these guys look silly. Exactly. And that was it. Which was actually a very common thing at that time. Yeah, yeah, slapsticky, slapsticky type of, of uh, comedy relief. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with all that being said, Kelsey, do you think this movie still holds up? Mm-hmm. I do. I agree with you. It held up so well that they turned it into a series mm-hmm. for Disney Plus that they recently canceled. <laughs> like I said, I'm not a Kelsey and I are not we're not huge sword and sorcery story uh, fans. Um, I I still haven't checked out the the Willow series, but I from what I heard is actually decent. Then why'd they cancel it? Not enough. Maybe like not enough. Like it has it has a strong fan base, but it's probably not enough numbers to justify like the level of production that that show had. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So that, that's gonna be our show for this week. Um. We would like to thank everybody for joining this joining us on this week's show. We would especially like to thank the folks at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, it's getting pretty late. Kelsey and I are burnt out by the day. Just want to mention that. Kelsey's waiting for me to end the fucking podcast so she can go to bed. Well, I just realized I'm so hungry right now that I want to throw up. Okay, that that sounds delicious. Anyway, so (laughs) you can find, uh, all your film news, TV news, and reviews at yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, oh, God, I didn't get the turpic. Fuck. Uh, don't be afraid to send us an email. Come on, Kelsey, get up. Ah, quick, you did it last time. Uh, you can find... Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, send us an email at therealappell at gmail.com. Uh, hit up our social media sites. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at uh, The Real Appeal. That's real with two E's. Um, don't be afraid to uh, give us a review on any podcast catcher you're using uh, to listen to this episode is you don't even have to like really type one up just give us like five stars like that quick review boom done takes you like five seconds um so next next episode uh our recent review is going to be the super mario brothers movie uh that a lot of people are waiting for uh that's in theaters friday april 7th um <laughs> so the geriatric cinematic will be super mario bros Super Mario Brothers from 1993, the legendary shit-tastic movie. I remember Kyle in particular thinking Big Bertha was hilarious. Oh my god, that Big Bertha character is so problematic. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. He was only a year old when the movie came out. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, just going to give you guys, a, uh, folks, a heads up. The reason why I picked this movie is it's been developing like a cult fall, like an actual cult following recently that people have been re-examining it and saying that it's a great film. And 
apparently critics now for who have watched the Super Bar- Super Mario Brothers movie are saying that the Super Mario Brothers move the Super Mario Brothers from 1993 is better than that one. Yeah, Kelsey did a face like, "What the fuck?" That's crazy. I know. Uh, so, Super Mario Brothers 1993. It's not streaming anywhere. But we would suggest you guys go to Torrance, California, where you can download a copy from your favorite pirate. You know, just saying, if you want to check that out. Or, you know, go to like a bargain bin for like five bucks. You'll probably find it there. Uh, the topic of that of that week's episode will be, I want to be player one, no me. What? I want to be player one, no me. Yeah. Oh, it's like two people talking? Yeah. You read that wrong. You you, you wrote that wrong. No, I didn't. It's supposed to be one-liner, no, boom. I want to be player one. No me. That's why you... That's why you put two quotes... You you put quotations around Look, one I thought sentence. about it, but I'm tired. You're tired. Uh, you know, that's fine. You knocked out of that part a couple of times. You're allowed, like, a strike here and there. It's not a strike. It's, um... It's, uh... Ball? Foul? foul. It's a foul? Ball. Foul. That's it's a bow. It's a bow. It's a bow. Bow. It's a wow wow.